Uh, you ever wondered why God, uh, when God saved you, why he left you on the earth? It just seems like that if, he, if his main goal was to get you to heaven, that he would just take you immediately there, right? Um, you know, that, the, the question that sometimes we don't even think about that, but there, there's no real quick answer to that. But if, if God had wanted to, he could have taken you directly to heaven the moment that you trusted Christ as Savior, but he didn't, which means that you are on the earth for a particular purpose, that you have a purpose. Uh, that's such an important uh, thought for us. Uh, there's a Scottish pastor. His name is William Arnett. Uh, William Arnett said this. To every true Christian, these two things may be said. You have a need of Christ, and Christ has a need for you. He, he adds, uh, the simple fact is that a Christian on, is on the earth and that we are not yet in heaven is proof that there is something for God that God wants us to do. So if we neglect to do what God wants us to do, then either we are not a Christian or we are a Christian who grieves Christ. Now, I didn't say that. Arnett said that, but I think, I, I think it's true. Uh, if we are Christians, God has a purpose for all of us. Uh, we might put it a little different way. Um, you might think about what is it that you can do on the earth that you can't do in heaven. Um, I think the Bible makes it clear that we could sing and worship on earth and in heaven, right? Just like we did. We're practicing for heaven, getting ourselves ready. We can pray on earth and pray in heaven. We can fellowship with other believers on earth and in heaven. The list could go on and on, I'm sure. But when you think about it, there's one main thing that you can do on the earth that you cannot do in heaven, and that is to help a lost sinner find Jesus. There will be nobody like that in heaven. There will be no need. We will all be there around the throne with him. Uh, there will be no sinners in heaven. So if we're going to tell the good news about Christ, it has to be done while we're right here. So what is it? that God left you and me to do here. Um, so today, I hope you have your notes. Uh, you can look at them. We are talking today about uh, Jesus uh, is not done yet. And the context of our conversation today is about missions. Uh, you know what missions is? Maybe you wonder what, what that word would be. We, we sometimes talk about what is the mission uh, of our church. Like, what, what are we called to do? But missions is a word that we use to mean, what do we do when we get out of here? Uh, we come into this place. I don't think we do much missions. We do mission education. But in this place, we get prepared, and then we go out. And so we go out this door, and we do small, individual, personal mission where we are witnesses to the people around us. We, we grow out further to our neighbors and our friends, our family, our community, this whole region, and ultimately across the world. Amen? So just before he returned to heaven, Jesus, after he had walked on the earth, died on the cross, raised from the dead on Easter, spent 40 days uh, with his disciples, and then he begins to tell them uh, what's, what's going to happen. So he explains to his disciples what they're supposed to do after his departure. And what he said was also what he says to us. He left us on the earth here to be witnesses. We are God's witnesses. 
we are the evidence of his work in the world so that we can convince an unbelieving world that God has a plan and a purpose for them. God has salvation available to them. So he says it in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Here's what he says. It says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but, don't you like it when God says but? He says, You're not going to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And, I like ands too, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, uh, four points from Jesus, just quickly, kind of a visual of how all this impacts us. How do we think about and carry out missions through us as a congregation? What is our role? Through the PFN network. Uh, really, the question for me today was, how do we get involved in mission, carry out what God wants us to be and do after a pandemic? So, what do we do about missions? So four points from the scripture quickly. Number one is, he says, we will not understand everything about the times that we live in. Don't you feel like people are still saying, what is happening in our culture? Like, what is going on? And, you know, I hear people talking about that all the time. Guess what? You are not going to figure it out. You're not going to be able to solve what is happening in our world or why the politicians do this, or you're not going to be able to figure that out. The, the Lord said things are going to happen. He, he, the disciples are curious, aren't they? What, what are we going to do? Things are happening. Times are changing. Um, he says, it's not for you to know. So, you know, we don't know. We get distracted from the mission because we start thinking about all these other things going on around us. But God's way is not to explain everything to you. He wants you to keep your heart and your mind and your eyes on the vision, on the mission that he has given us. You know, if we get all wrapped up in all the stuff that's going on in the world, you know, I've been talking to you about unity and mask and, you know, if we keep just getting all wrapped up in all that stuff, we are going to miss the mission that God has given us in this place. Amen? That's, so we recognize from his conversation with them, we are not going to understand everything about our times. But that's not what we're trying to do anyway. Number two. Number two, he says, we will receive power. What he's talking about is that you'll receive help. You will not be empty-handed in carrying out the mission personally as a congregation, uh, as the church of Jesus Christ all around the world. We will not be left empty-handed. You will receive power. What power? Uh, the power of the Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. You know, power he's talking about is, is not something that we come up with ourselves or that we buy at Menards. You know, it's, uh, it's something that God puts within us. You will receive power that comes from the Spirit of God, the power that opened the eyes of the blind and the hearts of unbelievers, the power that raised the dead, the power that comes from God himself. This is the power that was promised to us as believers to be able to carry out the work that God wants us to do. It is power that is given to the redeemed. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you and abides in you. You have to have the power of God. And that only comes through knowing him. Power to do what? 
power to be witnesses. Uh, you are not powerful in and of yourself. You are a creature. You are powerless. Uh, you are not able to do and be all that God wants you to be on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. When are you going to receive power? Well, when I go to church about 10 times, I think that'll probably, that'll probably do it. Maybe when, when, I, when I get saved. Well, yes. But he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know what? I think there are people that don't even know about the Holy Spirit. Even Christians that don't even fully embrace a, you know, you have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's God's, that was God's plan all along. Uh, how do you get this power? You get this power through prayer. Uh, in, in Acts, uh, we, we see them when they were praying that the Holy Spirit came and exploded uh, on this room. It came, it comes through obedience when we are witnesses to the things that the Holy Spirit is doing. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be in, uh, empowered. Uh, you'll be able to move closer to God. You know, God wants to do uh, two different things in your life for sure. One thing he wants to do is to save you. He wants you to be forgiven of your sin. But you know, when he also wants to empower you to be able to use you uh, in the, the world around us, he recognizes that he wants to bring about his power uh, on his creatures. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, for what purpose? To be my witnesses. To be my witnesses. Uh, the scripture encourages us that when the, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will be, you know, the primary witness, the number one witness in the world of Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. He is the one, and so he indwells you, and then he allows you to become a witness to Jesus. So that's number three. We will be, Jesus says, witnesses to Jesus. We'll be witnesses to him, recognizing uh, his work with, within us. We will be a witness. You know what a witness is, right? A witness is somebody who tells what he knows and only what he knows. The scripture uses over and over this idea of a witness. Luke uses it in, in Acts. God was raised Jesus from the dead and all were witnesses to this fact. Uh, Acts chapter 3 says you, were, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses uh, of all of that. So over and over again, he expresses that. So he's telling you, here's the simple truth. You don't have to be a theologian to be a witness for Christ. You don't have to go to Bible school or seminary or to Nazarene Bible College. You don't have to do any of that to be able to be a witness for Jesus Christ. It helps to be a minister, but it helps to recognize that you as a, a person, a believer in Christ, have been filled with the Spirit of God. So, number four, he tells us that we're going to be filled with the Spirit. We're going to be empowered where? Where? Everywhere. Everywhere. Now notice the context. He says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So he's, he's given them like a, a little geography about where they are. So where's Jerusalem? Well, he's talking about where they live, where they work, where their family and friends are, uh, their community, where they are there, that they are going to be filled with power to be witnesses right where they live, right where they are in Jerusalem. How about Judea? Judea referred to like the region around them. Uh, let's just say our, uh, our county. How about that? 
uh, our area around us, so Tazewell County and uh, our, our district and this area around Illinois, uh, we recognize. So uh, uh, we, we have some Judeas around us, don't we? Uh, some other areas that's not right where we, right where we live, uh, you're going to hear about a Judea uh, today. Uh, how about Samaria? You know, Samaria, you know, that was a place where you know, Jesus went through Samaria on purpose there. That wasn't where they lived, but it was a, it was a needy area. It was an area of concern. There were, there were like struggles and difficulties going on in Samaria for the people that Jesus is talking to. But he says, you're going to be witnesses in Samaria, and then witnesses to the very end of the earth. You will be my witnesses. So what, what kind of witnesses are we? What kind of witnesses? See, you know, you don't get to pick if we're going to go to Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria. Um, you know, we, we decide that we're going to respond to Jesus and we're going to be his witnesses. So, um, all right, are you on the edge of your seat? Uh, you're excited. This is what Jesus asked us to do. Now we're going to talk about uh, how do we do that? How do we stand as witnesses? Because you know that Jesus is not done yet. See, I think sometimes if, you know, we could be, those disciples were saying, Lord, isn't it time for you just to come and just kind of reset everything and you just take over? Um, you know, they were trying to pack it in uh, and get Jesus to come. You know, some people think that. Well, are we gonna, what are we going to do now that the pandemic has come? What are, we've been impacted by that. Have enough people been saved? No. Oh, the world is just fine. How about baloney, right? Or we just settle in and kind of just take care of ourselves. You know, there's, somebody told me one time, there's a certain percentage of people that have the gift of evangelism. I used to hear that. You know, you, you take the little test and they'd say a certain percentage of them have it. And I'm not sure about that, but I'll tell you something that happened to me. I just learned that God has put in my heart a passion for reaching the lost, a passion for missions where I am. I like fire. Do you, do you, do you recognize that? Do you recognize a, a fire in what is happening? I, I love the story of uh, Charles Finney. Charles Finney, this guy was going to service. He was like a, a great old-time evangelist. And so um, Finney had a friend that was going. And when he went to the service, he noticed that this friend of his in the community that was an atheist showed up at the service. And he said, what are you doing here? And he said, well, um, he said, are, do you become a believer? He said, no, I'm not a believer. But that guy up there, he is. And he burns. I come to watch him burn. Like he's on fire. And he believes it. And I come and, and listen to him. That's the way the world is. You know, we got, we got to remember that people are watching. You know, people are paying attention. They want, they want to hear the gospel. You know, I tell you, I've been um, reaching out to all these people in my personal culture, you know. So last night I went to this place and there's a restaurant there. And this girl, and I saw this girl. And she comes up and she's, uh, I said, I met her somewhere else, not there. Didn't realize she worked there. And so she's at Monaco's. And I said, hey, Abby. And she said, I wondered if you'd remember me. See, she was paying attention. She knew I knew her and that opportunity. So what we're doing this morning is realizing that God wants there to be a fire burning in you. 
a, pot, a fire for the people around us in our family, in our community around us that, that are in Judea and Samaria and ends of the earth, and you're going to hear about that because Jesus is not done yet. He wants us to be witnesses. Okay, first, Carol's coming. Um, our witness is to the world. Now, we're going to do it in reverse. Uh, he said, be witnesses to the ends of the earth, Right? I don't know what that means, but man, that's way out there somewhere, right? Uh, all over the world, um, we support missions. Carol Etock is our missions leader on our district. She supports uh, Nazarene missions and helps us. Um, so we, we've been able to give, we give this year to all the missions. So I want you to hear uh, from her kind of how do we connect together uh, to reaching the whole world because we are called to be witnesses to the end of the earth. How do we do that? Well, this morning, I would like to increase your missional intelligence just a little bit. So the Church of the Nazarene ministers to um, 164 countries around the world. Most recently, we had Luxembourg was added for approval to entry. Luxembourg is surrounded, in case you don't know your geography very well, uh, Luxembourg is surrounded by Belgium, France, and Germany. Over 600,000 people call that their home. The Church of the Nazarene sponsors 531 missionaries serving in 96 countries. So I'm not sure if you've already done a little math, but if we're in 96 countries, but yet we can go to 164 countries, we have a deficit there. Within these families that serve, there are over 300 missionary kids. And last year, during the pandemic, 66 new missionaries were waiting for deployment. Some have gone, but some are still in restriction. But isn't that exciting? Even during COVID, 66 are ready for deployment. Our district, local district, we have several missionaries that have gone. Casey Bloom is from Freeport Church of the Nazarene, and she serves in Romania. She's a social worker there. I don't know if you know Rachel and Jordan Thompson from Eureka. They have three children, and they serve in Papua New Guinea. Jordan is the maintenance supervisor at Kujip Hospital. We do have creative access countries. I'm not sure if you're familiar with creative access, but that means that their location and their identification cannot be disclosed. If so, it could risk their life. We currently, our district, has sent one missionary to an undisclosed location. They work as an English teacher. And I tell you what, as an English teacher, this individual is phenomenal. They host book clubs. They host movie nights. And in an apartment, very small apartment, there's over 20 students that attend. Talking about the father. When you give your PFN tithes, a portion of your gift goes to the World Evangelism Fund. So that means you tithe and we tithe on that. 5.5% goes across the world to support missionaries, regional missions, um, education, holiness education, supporting the Jesus Film, and Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. So what can you do? You can pray for missions. Look up a country that you like and see if there's a Nazarene missionary serving there and pray for them. If not, pray for one to go. Pray for the missionary's safety and pray for their ministry to be fruitful. S give specifically to missions. Get involved in your local mission council here. Go, involve, go get involved in work and witness trips. Our local church has mission trips. But I'll tell you that our district next year is going to African Nazarene University. 
this would be a way for you to be involved. And then most importantly, God is speaking. He speaks to all ages. So listen, he could be calling you. So uh, this past year, even during COVID, we gave $60,000 to World Missions. Uh, that, that's awesome, isn't it? That, that we were able to, to fulfill those goals that we had even during a, a difficult time. Uh, because you know what? We never even talked about it. Like my treasurer, Brenda Blanchard, you know, we never sat down and said, can we support the missionaries this month, this week? Uh, you know, we, do, we give every week. Uh, support every week, uh, the, the mission field. You know, it would be difficult for us to support uh, maybe even one missionary family. You know, we, but we are able, with, through the Church of the Nazarene, we're able to support at least the 500 and something missionaries right now. I know we've had more and, the, you know, people have come home from different things. But we, Jesus is still at work. He is still alive. And we participate in what is happening around the world uh, as we support these missionaries. So what, uh, on, on your card, when we look at it, I'll talk about it later. But uh, what, you, what we ask each other to do is that we are tithing. And then we are giving to missions. So you have the opportunity to give above the tithe. Sometimes we talk about it as faith promise, that as God blesses us, how are we going to not only give the tithe, but what would God want us to do to support missions around the world? So we go to the ends of the earth. Uh, number two, we, um, we think about Samaria. Uh, do you know we have a ministry in a place that we call Southside Community Center? Um, I don't, I don't know if it's all right to call that Samaria or not, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's across, the, across on, on the other county in south side of Peoria. And aren't you glad that God has given us a chance to go to south side? Uh, the difference that, we, that is made in us, the difference that we're making there. So I want you to watch a video, and then you're going to hear from our directors, uh, Irene Lewis-Wimbley and Austin Smith. Let's play the video. Southside Community Center's mission is to transform community one relationship at a time. At SCC, we are a safe space for our Southside families to be valued, known, and seen. We believe that we connect, grow, and serve together. We can transform the 61605. Because of your generosity, we have been able to help our Southside children and their families develop what we refer to as a pathway of hope. We know that in Christ we have hope, and because of that, we look to offer hope to those we serve. Imagine lives being transformed into first-time homeowners and key leaders in our community. We offer a pathway to connect, grow, and serve, and we believe we are winning and sustainable when people on their pathway are helping others connect, grow, and serve on a pathway of their own. From our inception, we have not been afraid to ask hard questions and dream big. How many first-time homeowners would it take to transform the tax base of 61605 zip code? How do we come together to effectively collaborate and combine our community's resources to eliminate poverty and injustice in Peoria. That is hope. Hope allows our families to dream big, envision, plan, and work hard to overcome obstacles that have seemed impossible. 
Hope is gaining access to opportunities to obtain skills and education to get living wage jobs so that they can be first-time homeowners. Hope, like Tequila has found, she is working from an entry-level position and working to become a CNA, planning to be an LPN. We celebrate her achievements as she prepares to move out of public housing into an apartment big enough for her family. Hope like Sharice has found. She has overcome many obstacles, finding a job where she can work from home. Her family has saved up a year's rent and moved out of public housing. She is now saving for a down payment for a house. We celebrate with her as she got to experience something as simple as controlling her own thermostat. Sharice and her family are determined to be our first homeowners. Hope like Anthony, one of our youth leaders has found. He wants to be a scientist and as he learns leadership skills, we celebrate with him as he prepares for his vision to go to college. Our partnership with Pekin First Church of the Nazarene, our faithful donors, volunteers, and partners help SCC to be able to offer hope in our community. Thank you. We need your help to get more people on their pathway of hope. Your incredible generosity has already made an impact in the lives of many families. How many more prayers, hopes, and dreams of our Southside families can be answered? Without your support, how will they know their value? Help us to transform community one relationship at a time by joining our donor team or becoming a trained volunteer. Together, we can celebrate with our families who are walking their pathway of hope out of poverty. Visit our website to join us in offering hope. You can choose to give, serve, or both and see your dollars and talents multiply exponentially while we work together to transform the community one relationship at a time. To give, you can text SCCIL to the number 77977 or visit our website www.southside-cc.com for more information. We are very intentional that every dollar given to Southside Community Center goes directly to the Southside community. As it stands, 100 people giving $500 covers our current ministry budget. If you join today, our donor or volunteer team, imagine what we could accomplish together. here to say thank you. I am so overwhelmed by the impact that this church and your prayers and your support has had already in the Southside community. And it's not just that. It's your attitude. It's the love. It is the Holy Spirit fire on the prayers of this and the heritage and the legacy of this church. Things like Austin, the way you raise your kids. I'm so grateful for the Smith family. Yeah, I just, I could talk about Southside all day, but you just saw a video all about it. Um, I just wanna say thank you to all of you. Um, I can look in this room and there are so many people that have had a profound impact on my life. I've been here since I was nine years old, I'm 25. Somebody do math, a number. 
Um, I wouldn't be who I am today without things like Think Big and Lloyd Brock looking at me and saying, I'm going to hire you someday. And I said, no, you're not. Like, I don't want to do that. But because of your faithfulness and generosity and your ability to dream big and follow the Holy Spirit, I am who I am. And lives are being transformed because this church has a heritage of reaching out and filling needs when they see them. And we remember and celebrate everything God has done. But we're not done dreaming big. Austin, I made him bring his vision board. I brought Pastor Irene's vision board. We got a lot going on at the South Side, but there's so much more work to do. We still need, uh, let's see, a dad's group. We need 10 more dinner churches. I got some discipleship ideas. We got to get off the ground. Austin and the strong, 20 Men Strong Group volunteering. We need volunteers to be lunch buddies, to come hang out with Miss Susie, some folks to help cook dinner. There is so much more work to do. And so keep praying for us, God, and keep allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through your hearts and through your hands and through your wallets. Thank you. <laughs> There's a booth outside. You can see those vision boards out there. If you want to talk to them, that would be fantastic. And we're talking about giving today. How do we, how do we fund what God is wanting us to do there? So there, there are opportunities to give to missions overall, but also specifically to Southside and how to be a part. You heard in the, um, in the video, they talked about uh, 100-500. 100 people, $500, basically covers the operational and all, the, all that's going on over there ministry-wise uh, at, at Southside. That'd be pretty awesome if you want to be a part of that, and you can talk to them about how you can be personally involved there. So the ends of the earth, Samaria. Now we have Judea. You know, our Judea is right in our county, but we have a uh, church plant called Summit Nazarene. So I want you to hear from Pastor Greta. Good morning. I am Greta Nash and I am the pastor here at our Washington campus, Summit Nazarene, or as we lovingly refer to it as SumNaz. Summit is positioned right in the heart of Sunnyland, which is between East Peoria and Washington. We are a smaller congregation with an incredibly big heart. We worship together every Sunday in our beautiful sanctuary. Our traditional service is full of loving congregants, faithful givers, great music, and an amazing spirit-filled worship. It is a place where not only do we desire for people to feel like they belong, but also to get to know Jesus in a more intimate way, to feel valued in who they are, and to find purpose in doing what God created them to do. Sumnaz was just a baby when COVID hit. We had just celebrated our first anniversary on March 3rd, and a few weeks later, we went from gathering together to worshiping separately in our homes. Thank goodness we were able to worship online together with you, our PFN family. And now, as we just hit our two-year milestone, we are ready to start ramping back up. For a baby church to just stop like that was so hard. Pre-pandemic, we felt like we were really making strides. We were growing and bringing in new members to our Sumnaz family. We were creating new Sunday school classes, offering new ministry opportunities. We were getting out in the community, serving and getting to know our neighbors. And then COVID, 
You know what I'm talking about. We've all traveled this bumpy road together. Summit is blessed with faithful attenders and generous givers, and we are ready to ramp back up again. God has big plans for us here in Washington. Our mission field is all around us. It's our community in which we live. We know that there are people in our community that God is going to place in our path that will probably never walk through our church doors. Not at first, anyway. We pray that eventually we can love them in. But we know that a lot of our ministry needs to take place outside of our four walls. We know that we have to be creative. We have to take action. We need to think outside of the box and we are excited to go, to go out into our community and build relationships with our neighbors. One of our biggest needs right now is people people like you to join us in worship, to be a part of us, to help us with the ministries that God is laying on our hearts. Ministries like growing our some kids or some teens gatherings, community outreach, primetime ministry. Do you know that we're thinking about how we can house some kind of senior center in our building for our neighbors and community that want to get out and fellowship with others? We are on the cusp of even greater things. Through the glory and the grace of God, we are ready to reset, to revamp, and re-engage with our community once again. And we would love for you to join us on this exciting journey. We are family, and we need your help. So if you are looking for, for a small group or a place to belong, if you're looking for a vibrant yet intimate place to belong, we invite you to worship and grow with us. Our services are at 1045 every Sunday. So you can even come to the nine o'clock service here at Pekin and then head on over to Summit for our worship service. Come visit us and see if you feel at home here. We welcome you with open arms because at Summit, we believe it's a place where you can belong. She's not here today live because she's going to be preaching over there. So I wanted her to be able to minister there. Man, don't you love her? I mean, she is so on fire uh, for what we're doing in Washington. So really blessed by her. And that's an open invitation. You know, if you have a burden uh, for helping her or wanting to be a part of that, we would love that. We, we're just trying to get reset. She used that word uh, from uh, everything with COVID, but it's exciting. I preached over there twice. Once uh, I was visited during sabbatical and I preached over there last Sunday. Uh, really blessed by uh, the people that are there. So you, you pray for, you support, maybe think about how you'd like to be a part. Uh, you know, God is speaking to all of us how we're going to be witnesses. Finally, our witness is in Pekin and in Tazewell County. Um, Pekin First Nazarene is really our Jerusalem. Uh, you know, here we express great worship uh, through our services, through all of our different ministries of Kid Zone, Refuge, Man Church, Women's Ministry, Primetime, all of our different staff and leaders. Uh, somebody asked me, uh, called me about our church from another place. Uh, a week or so ago, and one of his questions was, as we have grown, he asked us, were we an inviting church? And I said, yes, we are. 
because we want this to be a safe place where you can invite your friends, invite people to come and, and to know them. I've, I've been meeting some new friends like Trent and Dalton that have been in this nine o'clock service. Uh, so excited uh, to meet some new friends that they could feel this was a safe place for them to come to know Christ. So uh, we are supporting our mission effort in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The final piece of this witness is your own personal witness. Places where we live, where we work. I just want to ask you to join me. To join me in the, the work that we're accomplishing. You know, when I think about all the passionate people, you know, the, the leadership that we have, I mean, why is, why is what is happening at Southside so important? It's because God has given us great leaders that are passionate. You know, and I want to support those passionate leaders. I love the passion that Greta has. I love the passion that all of our, all of our staff uh, has for the ministries that they're. We love all of them, don't we? But we are following them. We're asking you to follow the people that have the passion. Maybe you, maybe you don't know what to do, but you have an opportunity to give. You have an opportunity to serve, uh, to do what God is burning in your, your heart. Uh, he left us here to witness. He left us here to support uh, and do what we cannot do on our own, to go where we can support others that are going. You may never show up in, in one of these countries. Uh, maybe God would call you there, but we have the opportunity to accomplish that together. Yeah, the song that we're, look, that we're listening to at the end of this uh, is a song that says, Not Done Yet. So while they're singing the song, the band's going to come back, there are some ways that you can respond on the back of this card. Uh, first of all, if this moves your heart toward <coughs> accepting Christ, I encourage you to receive him today, to put your trust in him. Uh, but there's also ways that you can be involved, committing to be, to be a tither, uh, trusting in him uh, for your giving for this church. Um, you know, the way that we support uh, ministries here is that, you know, we believe God wants us to tithe. So that's like a 10% of our giving. And so many of you are faithful and committed to that. But our church, we give 20 to 25% of everything that comes in. You heard Carol mention like 5.5%. Well, what that means is that that is money that is set aside just for global missions, like just for the missionaries around the world. But when you add together all that we're trying to do, it's about 25% of everything that we take in that we tithe back out in missions. Aren't you glad you go to a church like that? You know, we don't just, you know, toss a, little, a few dollars here or there. But like, uh, you know, a quarter of what we bring in here goes out to others so that we can be at Southside and we can be at Summit and we can be around the world and we can be able to accomplish all the things that we're doing here. Yeah, we're supporting what's going on here at Pekin, but our eye is always on what's happening there. So when you give, you can, you can market tithe or you can give to Southside or you can give to Summit or you can find a way to be involved in one of these areas. And so this song says, when you're, as you're making that commitment, Jesus is not done yet. The, the bridge of that says, you're up to something, Lord. You're up to something right now. You're doing a new thing right now. God, let your glory come down 
don't hold back. Don't hold back. He's not done. Let's not limit what God can do. Let's trust him together as they, as they sing this song for us. You think about what it is that God wants you to do because Jesus says he's not done yet. Oh, yeah. 
The important thing is, do you believe that? Do you believe that God's not done with you yet? I don't know what he's done in your life, but he might be calling you to be a missionary. He's not done yet. He might be calling you to help at Southside or Summit. He might be calling you to some ministry that you haven't even thought about yet. He's very creative, by the way. He might be calling you to give and to think about your finances and how you're supporting the work of the church here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How God wants you to support missions. If, if he has left you here, he has a purpose for you. How does God want to reach the world, to reach all around us through you? Lord, thank you for your spirit in this room today. And thank you that you're not done with me. You have something you more that you want me to do, Lord, and I'm, I'm willing. Lord, all the people that are in this room, all the people that are watching online today, you have a plan and a purpose. You have goals and desires. You have people that you want us to come into contact with. You want us to give and support missions around the world and right here in our backyard. Lord, we pray that you would guide us, call us, uh, uh, hold us accountable, reach out to us, push us forward. You're doing something right now. And Lord, we receive it. We pray that you would help us to be prayerful, obedient, and men and women of action as we do what you have called us to do. Lord, we praise you together in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen.